Well, we can't. Huh? We, we can't hear you, Troy. You can't hear. Sorry, what's up? Oh, yeah. Okay, now we can. It's it sounded like you're getting cut off for a second. I'm here. Okay. You're um, recording. I am. Yay! All right, okay. Eric, you hit it. All right, we're all recording. Yeah. <laughs> welcome back to another uh special episode of strange no wait what what what, what show is this guys is... oh yes it's too young for this track welcome back to our uh weekly recap of strange new worlds with locathor mm-hmm. that's me and we're we've got uh troy troy's on the podcast mm-hmm. and you're eric you didn't say that yet and my my name's eric i forgot about that part uh, but today we're talking about Strange New World Season 2, Episode 4, Among the Lotus Eater. This is... So, um, yeah, uh, Troy... Well, oh, sorry. I was just going to say this is written by, it says, Kristen Beyer and Davy Perez, and then directed by Eduardo Sanchez. I like, I like the written by and directed oh. by credits because we think of Star yeah. Trek as being one sort of thing, but actually it, like, you if you pay attention, then you can, like, see that you'll get consistent direction. Like if it's a Jonathan Frakes episode, there's going to be vertical do- oh, top-down yeah. shots. There's just going to be vertical top-down shots. That's what he does. <laughs> did then, we talk oh, about... That's a good Frakes point. Didn't, he didn't direct the first episode of this season, did he? Um, I don't know about the first. Because there was that pretty shot, involved in a lot of new Trek. There was that shot where uh, Mbenga and uh, Chapel like, went through a grate and the camera did a weird flippy upside-down thing completely unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is this Frakes being a weirdo? But I, I don't think it was, because I think he would have handled that shot more elegantly. Well, yeah, uh, it, it looks like it was Chris Fisher on The Broken Circle. But yeah, uh, so if, if you pay attention to who the director is and to who the writers are, you can sort of pick up on patterns sometimes. So I like to point him out. Point him out. Uh, uh, so, except this is uh, Sanchez's uh, first Star Trek episode. Well, yes. Uh, but you know what he did direct, which I think really brings in a lot of connections to this episode. Uh, he was a co-director on the Blair Witch Project. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh. that makes sense. Doesn't that That's make sense? It does. It does. Uh, so, Troy, did you get a chance to watch this episode? No, no, I didn't. I'm talking. About <laughs> <laughs> so I actually thought that this would be kind of a fun one to try to explain to Troy. Okay. Um it kind of fits the theme a little bit because uh spoilers the whole episode's about everyone forgetting like everything like like the entire episode the ca- like the characters have no idea uh what's going on minute to minute they're just like you Troy this is all new to you yeah welcome to see <laughs> this track i'm troy i'm because i'm starting the episode over again <laughs> Uh, so, Lothar, do you have like a, a synopsis, uh, like a um, short little? I got, I got the uh, memory uh, alpha article here open. Do we want to do the complete synopsis, or do we want to just sort of do it more spread out and talk about each point as it comes? Uh, yeah, we could just go blow, blow by blow. All right. Well, it starts with uh, Captain Patel and Captain Pike are trying to have dinner, but constantly getting interrupted Ooh. by their captain's ness. Uh, they each have a sh- an entire <laughs> ship of people that are trying to get to them, and they're trying to be like, no, just give That's us right. 30 minutes. Um, and 
it turns out Cap- we should point out yeah we should point out Battelle was introduced in the first episode of season one i think yeah, I say, far back. and then his not quite girlfriend exactly Cap- yes. captain Battelle is yep so um, we get a little bit more and she of that. was also the prosecutor in ad astria Perespera. Mm, mm-hmm. that's right yeah. yeah was that the second episode hey my local recording's not working guys sorry just i tried it's not working that's okay. for some reason for some reason my ipad keeps failing well it's okay ipads do that sometimes we'll, we'll make it work yeah we got your audio here yeah all right um the reason i bring up that she was the prosecuting attorney in ad astria Prospera is because a message comes in for her and she does not get a promotion to commodore because her boss is upset with her because she didn't prosecute the case hard enough and so she's being looked over for the promotion someone else is getting that promotion uh-huh. um, so pike feels bad about this pike feels that maybe he's hurting her career maybe they should have a break and she doesn't take this so well she uh she leaves upset and pike immediately feels bad but he can't you know do anything about it because he's him he he pushes people away that's one of his character flaws he's got many good things but also character flaws yeah um pike is best captain for sure you know <laughs> he's, he's up there i th- i'm hashtag team pike man it's, all the way pike is very good here's guy. the thing i think that um uh cisco is like Cisco is a, is a better person. Like, I want to see Cisco doing stuff, but him being a better person makes him a worse Federation captain because there's, like, a limit <laughs> on how good a Federation captain can be before they become not a captain because the Federation is not great. Um, I think I think the, 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 the problem with that is Cisco is not... Mm, Cisco may hold the rank of captain in Starfleet, mm-hmm. but he is not a starship captain. And that's Ooh. to me, he's on a different scale. Like, I think being captain of a starbase is a very different job than being captain of a starship. I can see uh, it. I can see that. So, so yeah, he he's, I, I think, equal he's if also not a greater captain, captain on a different. It, also, that. But yeah, it's he's a different scale for me because he's he's almost more like small town mayor than captain. <laughs> yeah no that's that's very real it's basically a city in space uh-huh. um rather than like a ship is also a city in space but it's more isolated it's you know there's nothing well it's also got a command structure where everyone on the ship is part of the command structure even you know when we go to next gen and picard has families on the ship the families are like never a going concern on that show whereas on deep space nine like the majority of the people whose lives cisco is responsible for aren't part of his command structure yeah which makes it a very different experience yeah but not to be diverted too much or this will take forever um yeah this... Well, keep in mind, I haven't watched the episode. No, no, no. There's only so much I can contribute. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's so no, much. yeah, it's no. Fine. Tr- uh, so, Troy, your so... commentary is welcome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 I do appreciate me, it. I am the diversion now. <laughs> <laughs> um, this brings us to our um, the conference room meeting, where it turns mm-hmm. out that there is a uh, star, a binary star. Oh wait. No, that's not the binary star system. It's it's a star system with bizarre radiation in it. And there mm. was an away team mission here years ago. It went very badly. They had to do like a shooting running escape 
they barely escaped. They lost some people in the process, and everything has been mm. remote observation ever since. And the remote observatory recently picked up a Starfleet emblem being cut into the topiary of the castle garden of the main castle here. What's up with that? Is, it, is this, you've said castle, is this, does, do we get to see Pike in a fantasy outfit again? Because uh, that might have been my it was oh, it's almost. it's kind not of. so much a fantasy like it's it's fantasy in the sense that like a viking or something would have like a bunch of like leather and stuff on it's not fancy okay. fantasy it's not like the 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 illyrian kingdom thing this is some low dirty fantasy yeah this is some low yeah. mucky dirty it's like fantasy. game of thrones yeah game of, oh, thrones. Game of thrones yeah esque I, mean, I do have a note here mm -hmm. i don't know if this is the best time to bring it up but did you recognize the planet when they named it? Uh, you mean no. Rigel 7? Rigel 7. Oh, it was! Troy, that's amazing! Did you? I, I have the very alpha continuity page pulled up because I was like, oh, come this on. Is, this is the sequel to a secondary plot point taken from the cage in which they revisit oh. Rigel 7 to repair the cultural damage caused by that visit. Well, you ruined my big note. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't remember so I was gonna, I was gonna... Rigel 7 so... being in Starship anything otherwise i think so that this in is the a real deep cuts reference real deep cuts okay we never actually see the mission that's referred to in this episode and the whole time i was thinking when did they go there and it's not in strange new worlds it's not even in the cage it's but they referenced the cage, right? it in the cage. yeah it's the previous mission to the cage so and the, we see it in one of his one of his little like zoo cage flashback things i think they they show yeah them. exactly so they they the telosians actually give him a vision of uh rigel seven but okay. it's not exactly accurate to the place so like we've actually sort of seen it but not really you know what i mean it's kind of weird I and, and i thought it was it was kind of clever that like no one remembers like everyone's forgetting and like i don't know because the whole time i was like i don't remember that where was that and rigel seven sounds really familiar and that's why is because we they talked about it like in, once and we never actually technically in the saw cage it. okay yeah so yeah kind of i thought that was kind of clever <laughs> yeah no that's that's a clever pull i like that now that I... it's like how in uh discovery season two they basically did a sequel to the cage right you know yeah, yeah, yeah. With that that whole flashback previously on Star Trek. <laughs> okay. So um there's a Starfleet emblem carved into the topiary garden of this castle. Obviously, that's not likely a coincidence. Something must have been left behind. There's some sort of cultural contamination going on, and the Enterprise has been given the mission because they gotta clean up their own mess on this one. Um cut to theme. space the final frontier and then <laughs> we come back from theme and everyone's or we're going to send in a small strike team it's going to be pike and it's going to be laan and it's going to mm -hmm. be mabenga now you might ask why mabenga it's because he can punch this klingons in the face with his super drugs it's yes it's he he has close combat skills that don't require a phaser and so we're taking him to the melee combat planet and of course he's not pleased about this because 
doctors love in task for a mission because of their combat skills. Um, yeah. <laughs> and You're it's a good thing they brought him too. Yeah. That he's got more of those punchy drugs. He doesn't actually use, he doesn't even need to use the punchy drugs. Like he has the, uh, just the close combat skills all the time. He only needs the super drugs when he has to like punch a Klingon because Klingons are like five times as strong. If he's punching a normal human, he can do it without super drugs. He's good at punching. He's just good at punching all the time. Okay. All right. (laughs) Yeah. He just doesn't like that he's good at it. (laughs) Yeah. I just, just don't like the super drugs thing, but that's fine. That's a conversation for another time. He doesn't. He doesn't use any super drugs in this episode. I can tell you ahead of time, Troy. You're totally safe on the super drugs front. Um, I do like the fact that we got a lot more of Lon in this episode because, like, she was obviously a big part of the last episode, and yeah. I just love that we're getting to know her character better. Yeah. Oh, and Ortega. Ortegas. Ortegas. Ortega. Ortegas. My bad. Uh, yeah, she, she's got some good moments in this episode. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Sorry. Um, no, 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 that's fine. The interjections are, otherwise it's just me talking if no one else says anything. So, (laughs) um, so those three go in, they land in a shuttle and they land very far away from the castle and it's a long walk. And on the walk there, uh, Laon kind of zones out. And forgets that they've been walking for hours. Like she's starting to have this fuzzy memory loss problem. And at that point, it like there's they're more than halfway there, so they have to continue on to the castle. They can't just go back to the shuttle. So they get to the castle and they're taken inside by the guards, who immediately seem to like the, the guards anticipate them showing up. The guards pull out phasers and take them yep. inside. And then as they're being taken inside, Mabenga and Pike also start getting the hazy, fuzzy memory problem. And they kind of snap out of it right when all three of them are taken in front of the local king guy. And the king is one of the people from the first away mission years ago. So somebody stayed behind and became the the king? Like that one time on the planet? Yeah, he accidentally got left behind and he got turned into the local king Exactly like happens on a Star Trek episode, you know? Yeah, it's very TOS uh, feel on this one. Uh, I guess he crashed in a shuttle and they thought he was dead. That's why. Yeah, they, they thought that he was dead, but it turns out he wasn't. Ta-da! And I guess he, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, not infected, but contaminated. Contaminated their culture. Yeah. It was like a big well, yeah, he uh, crime directive. King, Oopsie. But at least he didn't turn them all into Nazis. I mean, like on the scale right. of like that one time the culture, there's yeah. worse. He he like he, Mafia Planet because he's the king. Mafia and be- Planet wasn't somebody who got left behind. That was a book. They accidentally like left the a book other behind. Mafia yeah, I think <laughs> Mafia Planet a was a fun episode. If I had to it pick was. like five to ten TOS episodes and no more, Mafia Planet would still be on the list. That's that's a good one. <laughs> it is. What about Nazi Planet? Would you not put that one on the list? I wouldn't put that one on the list, Troy. No, you know it's kind of crazy. Shirtless Spock. Yeah, I can watch a month time for that. Um, That's yeah. <laughs> uh, so the the guy that got the guy who's king now, he's got like the Starfleet logo on his shirt, and so all the people have like put the Starfleet logo in places as like the royal emblem, and he keeps telling them not to do it, but they keep doing it anyway. You know, classic king stuff. Yeah. Um, and then he banishes, well, not banishes, he, he 
he throws Pike and Mabenga and La'an outside into cages outside the castle. And he's like, oh, you're going to forget who you are. Dun, dun, dun. And meanwhile, up and in they the do. ship. Sorry. They, well, yeah, they do. They do it. I mean, he's right. He's not just talking out his butt. Um, they, they do start to lose track of who they are. But up on the ship, we're also losing track of who we are. It's not localized to being on the surface of the planet. It's like anywhere nearby seems to have this problem. So people on yeah, the ship... Yeah, if you're in orbit long enough. Yeah, if you're in orbit long enough, the same thing happens. Um, and that I... was kind of scary. Because, like, it started off, like, Ahura, I think, like, like zoned out for, like, four hours. And that's, yeah. you know, pretty concerning. Uh, but then it started happening to, the, like, the rest of the crew, one after another. And it's like, okay, something's going on. Uh, you know, there's some kind of weird radiation that's, like, making people forget. And that is a terrifying idea for, like... A whole starship to forget who they are what they're doing all of that like <laughs> you know what i mean like and, and we forgot to mention that uh they have to pilot the ship through an asteroid field bay yeah so that it becomes a huge issue <laughs> there's there's like a re of a ring of asteroid debris around this planet so they need to do mm -hmm. regular course corrections to keep in a safe zone and at first, when it when it was happening to just Uhura, I thought that maybe it was some sort of like sonic energy or signal or something that was affecting her yeah. because she was at communications. Um, yeah, she had the earpiece. But, uh, no, it's just spreading everywhere. Like by the time she gets to sick bay, there's more reports from engineering that other people are affected and stuff. So it's just going to get everywhere on the ship. Nurse Chapel looks really confused. Yeah. Um. Down on the surface, the... Well, I guess, real quick, oh, yeah. uh, Troy, do you have any questions uh, so far? What level of confused are you? Do you remember who you're... I mean, it's, I, I feel like it's pretty straightforward so far. Okay. I think, I think <laughs> okay. I'm on board. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, the the planet is called Kayla. Is it the planet is called Kalar, or the people are called Kalar, or both? Do you remember? I think Eric? the people are called the Kalar, but I think it's Rigel Seven. Rigel Seven. Okay, the people are called the Kalar on Rigel Seven. So, so the the field Kalar they call themselves. They're just you. They have this forgetfulness all the time. Like you don't you don't adapt to it if you're a, a regular of the planet or anything. So they're used to being kept in cages overnight, so they don't wander away in their forgetful state, and then mm -hmm. they have. Like they, they keep like note, like they tattoo notes on their arms and stuff so that they can like remember their own names. And then they just yeah. do physical labor. Like the, the Kalar, the field Kalar who ends up guiding Pike and Mabenga and La'an is like, well, look, you got green, so you're doing wood chopping and we got blue, so we're doing rock smashing. And they just go out and do physical labor all day. Um, yep. It's very memento. Like, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but like he leaves notes for himself because he has like, uh, was it long term memory loss? Yeah. Yeah. It's like that one episode of Doctor Who with the silence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like that, honestly. Like the way Amy had stuff written all over her arms is like Luke pulls back his sleeves and he's got like alien language symbols all over his arms, tattooed in like all these sentences or whatever. 
Yeah. Um, but what's really interesting is yeah? Pike like immediately knows something's up. Like I think Mabanga just like gets to work on chopping some wood and um um Laon, you know, uh, but but like Pike's like these are not the hands of a worker, you know. He's like looking down at his hands and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like he he kind of figures it out. He's like, something's wrong here. I don't I don't know what it is, but something's not right. Uh, he can tell something's not right, and also, so you're the uh, the identity memories, I guess you could say, end up getting lost. But certain highly ingrained uh, elements uh, still become remembered. So yes. eventually, like instinct, instinct, yeah, in- instinctual level actions stay as instincts. So when Pike mm-hmm. and Laon eventually attack, like eventually some of the guards leave, and there's only like two guards left, and so Pike and Laon attack the guards, and they take out the guards, but Laon takes a nasty sword slash in the process. Mabenga immediately sees that, immediately jumps to her, and like pulls off his scarf and starts bandaging it up because that's like intrinsic to him is he's immediately mm-hmm. going to try and fix medical problems, right? Okay, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Um, but it's a, it's, it's still a pretty bad sword slash. And so without getting more of his memories back, he's not going to be able to solve the problem. So Luke, the, this field Kalar that they've befriended, he explains that all the memories are kept in a box in the castle, according to legend. Yeah. So he... He's gonna. He's eventually convinced that he'll look after um, Laon, and then Pike and Mabenga are gonna go to the castle, break in, get the memories out of the memory box, and come back. Uh, they do this, and Mabenga gets hit with a phaser a little bit. He ends up staying outside to a hold back bit. the guards. Well, it's like it's like he doesn't get disintegrated. Yeah. He doesn't like he can still walk, kind of. It's like a, it's a light. He gets hit. grazed. Yeah, a graze. Yeah, he gets like yeah. just a little phaser. Well, he yeah. can't do his full speed mega punching when he's been grazed by a phaser. It's just it's not possible. Mm-hmm. A phaser flesh wound, if you will. Um, a phaser yes. flesh wound. That's pretty accurate. Um, so there, Pike is going in. You a could castle. call it. You you could call it a flesh wound. A flesh wound. That would be the portmanteau of a phaser flesh wound. Like you'd spell oh. it P H L E S H. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Aren't you glad you asked me to be on this episode, Eric? I am. I'm very glad Eric asked you. Yeah, no, we need your energy, man. Um I'm calling into the backseat of the truck now, where it's slightly less sunny. Okay. Oh god. Okay. Yeah, stay safe, man. The um concurrently to all of this breaking into the castle stuff, uh they have moved the ship into a higher orbit from the planet, thinking that the planet is the source of the radiation. However, jokes on them, it's the debris field above the planet that's the source of the radiation, so everything's getting worse faster now that they're closer to the debris. they're just soaking that radiation in. Yeah, they're just soaking it in. And uh, Spock hands out pads to everyone that, like, gives a quick summary of their report, like their picture and their name and like what their job is and stuff so that hopefully when people lose their memories they can read the pad they're holding and then like get a sense of what's going on again 
okay. But then Spock and uh, Ortegas are hit with a forgetfulness wave so powerful they can't even read. After, like they're oh, holding no, no, no. a pad and they look down and they're like, I think this is important, but I can't read it. Oh, and we should mention, uh, yeah, um, Spock's completely useless in this episode. He is just kind of standing there on the bridge confused. Yeah. Um, I, I, and, I actually oh, like it a lot because he even when he has he makes no a memories, lot of sense. he's trying to encourage yes. the people around him to like take reasonable actions yes. in a way that feels appropriate to like what is the core of Spock. Well, even if he knew nothing, he's still going to be vaguely encouraging. Yes. Oh, I like that. It was really really cute um oh and one more thing that we forgot we keep forgetting shit <laughs> early on in the episode ortigas was really excited about going on this away mission and pike's like nah you gotta you gotta fly the ship and she's like oh and she had like her cool little like uh mongolian hat or whatever her fuzzy hat yeah she had a little she had a little furry hat for the cold environment and everything and then he's like no you can't play dress up with us <laughs> and she was so That's dejected so yeah just like all right i'll go fly the ship again i um, i really like this crew a lot but she especially stands out to me she's just she's she's like i i like a starfleet character who's excited to be in starfleet and and that's yeah. her too you know she just seems so excited to be there oh totally i heard a snippet of her in an interview recently mm -hmm. where she had said that she had been able to like, you know, you're working on Star Trek. You meet other people that have been working on Star Trek. She met Jonathan Frakes when he when he directed that episode and so forth. And she said at one point she got to meet uh, Nana Visitor for, you know, whatever event they were both at. And she was so psyched out to be like meeting uh, one of her sort of hero figures and stuff. And she's like, oh, yeah, some, some people have made a comparison between like Ortegas and between Kira and Nana Visitor's like, yeah, we got really similar characters. It's great. And she's like, yeah, it is great. That's so cute. It was, yeah, it sounded yeah. very cute the way she described That's it. That's awesome. She's also uh, a very good social media follower. Her and Anson Mount are both. If, if you want to have, like, a good time watching good Star Trek people dunking on shitty Star Trek quote-unquote fans, they are both yeah. great followers because they are willing to engage with like bad faith trolls who just want to spread their bigotry and willing to be like, hey, no, you fucko. Other than that one guy, Star <laughs> Trek is a world of like acceptance and promoting, uh, you know, equal rights and take your bigotry elsewhere. And and I love it very much. Yeah, yeah. Anson Mountain is great. He's just a great guy, and he's also mm -hmm. just happens to be an awesome actor who happens to be my favorite Starfleet captain so far. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, he's good. He's my favorite. I get that. He's that he's pretty not good everyone. too. I feel like if you can't say he's the best captain, unless we talk about Cisco as well. Look, I like Cisco. Oh, here's my argument. Eric, you, you, you go, Eric. Oh, go Cisco's ahead. good. So my argument for Pike being the best captain is he's a great balance between Picard and Kirk. He's he's impulsive and uh, action oriented when he needs to be, but he's also really good. At like debating someone or just like hearing them out and doing the whole uh what do you call it negotiation tactics and uh -huh. all that so he's he's but a good also politician. like if you're being but a also dick, he'll just punch you in the face like kirk instead of yes. negotiating. yes i like that there were times when Picard maybe <laughs> should have punched someone in the face right yeah exactly 
Eric, I'd like to applaud you for having a good faith argument in response to me repeating something we talked about earlier, instead of joining me on the joke of the fact that I was repeating something we talked about earlier as if I had forgotten that we'd already talked about that. Well, what did we, what? We, we did mention, uh, the, the virtues of different captains earlier in the same episode, but that's okay. Um, so I was repeating the bit because look, it's about, it's about as memory. far as I know, Pike has uh-huh. yet to get up to any war crimes, which is not something we can hold Cisco to. <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't that's, say that's Cisco Cisco's was one good, major flaw. Like, morally best captain. Look, they yeah, all no, I, I, I love Cisco, but he's been pushed over the edge maybe a few too many times, poisoned a planet here or there. Just <laughs> only done like three or four war crimes. He's no Lorca, at least. Um, that's true. But Lorca's from the evil universe. Can we really hold him to the same standard? What makes a good captain in the mirror universe? This is a very different scale than what makes a good captain in the oh, prime yeah. universe. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good point. Hey, do we know? Do we know if we're in the prime universe? Or is there still debate that, that Discovery yeah. and Strange Worlds are in a third timeline? We're in the prime universe. Why would universe? we not be in the prime universe? Because we're people definitely... were mad about lore inconsistencies and shit as if they've never seen Star Trek before, which is full of lore inconsistencies. Look, Troy, so... you have to catch up on these Strange New World episodes, okay? Episode yeah, the last three episode. of this season reconfirms a whole bunch of continuity things in a way that is amazing, and you're just going to love yes. it when you watch the episode. I can't tell cool. you the details, but you're just going to love it. That it sounds contextualizes a lot of stuff that we were debating about uh, like a couple seasons ago on our podcast. So yeah. <laughs> if everyone could go and harass my wife, I'm sure that that will help convince her you know, to watch stuff. Somehow I'm not Wait, sure uh, that's the best call to action, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't harass my wife. Of course um, not. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. So, so things are getting worse on the Enterprise. And... Ortegas forgets everything about who she is, so she tries to leave the bridge. And this is when the computer is uh, more talkative than we've ever seen an old era computer be. Yes. Um, okay. But she's like, it's just, like talking to Siri. Yeah, it's 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 more like a Siri situation almost. She like she it's or like it's actually she gets on the on the turbo lift. She says, "Take me home," and the computer takes her to deck six, where the main crew quarters are. And then mm-hmm. she's like, "I don't." Uh, what, what do you why did you take me here and it's like well this is where crew quarters are and she's like i don't know where my room is and then the computer lights up the little light pattern along the wall like you remember when they first like took them on well no not like an ender's game like um when uh <laughs> Riker first got introduced to the galaxy class starship at the very very start oh, of tng right. there's a person who like explained that there was a new feature oh, yeah. that the computer would just show you the way by lighting up panels along the wall so i thought that one that was fun but two that was supposed to be a new feature at the time. What? I don't know. <laughs> so you're telling me this isn't the same timeline. Yeah, it's a different timeline. That's that's the key. <laughs> Just because it. of that. <laughs> Everything is the same, except for we invented color-coded sidewalks quicker. Yeah. Yeah, cannons so, broken. So Ortegas goes back to her room, and that's when she hasn't been on the bridge for long enough. And it's color-coded sidewalks. Yeah, color-coded sidewalks. She hasn't been oh, on the bridge long quick, enough. Oh, yeah? Real real quick note. Um, so this is definitely the Prime Universe, but I would argue that TOS is not in the Prime Universe. <laughs> okay, wait. <laughs> and to Eric, you can't say real quick and then say some shit like that. Because that's, that's not real that's quick. That's not real quick at all. <laughs> that's 
that is that is that is the the fucking premise of my thesis paper. Jesus Christ, <laughs> real quick. All right, we should maybe save that for a whole bonus episode just to argue, like have a debate on whether TOS is canon anymore or not. Uh, real quick, the board are fake, canon. by the way. They're just part of the Federation Black Planet. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's great. Um, so, so Sigh Ortegas off. hasn't been on the bridge long enough. She hasn't been doing the course corrections. And so the ship starts getting hit by the little rocks in the debris field. And Uh-oh. this terrifies her in the same way that, like, you know, kids are terrified when thunder lands too close to your house or whatever. And it's like really uh, acted real quick, up. Thunder yeah. doesn't land. Uh, it's just a sound in the sky. Yeah. That's all. Thunder Thunder has a location, though, right? I mean, it's it's just a sound. Yeah, but it, it has a location. It has a location. Sand can't land. I think Thunder can land. Hmm. If the lightning bolt, if if the thunder is coming off of the lightning bolts and the lightning bolts are going cloud to ground, then the thunder is also going cloud to ground. Therefore, it is landing. Yeah, Um, so uh, I can confirm this. Last week, we lost our power in the middle of the night because the lightning strike hit a transformer right next to our house. And like the thunder rumbled through the house, like it, it shook the house, so it definitely hit the ground. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's still it's still a physical sounds are physical things. You just can't visually see them. Yeah, if something's loud enough, then it's yeah. <laughs> anyway, you can feel it. So she starts saying, "You got to get us out of here to the ship," and the ship is like. Hello, you're the pilot. You got to make the course correction. <laughs> That's your job. <laughs> yeah. So, so and it she, said it in, yeah. in a really like it was it wasn't monotone necessarily, but it was like very factual. Right. You know. Yeah. The, com- the computer doesn't like, have. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't listen, have any emotions to this. Job. Yeah. It's, it's just really plain facts. Like, would you like to make a course correction? Um, yes. Very customer service voice, you know? Yeah. Um, And so she goes back to the bridge. She sits at the controls. And she's like focused on the fact that she's the pilot and she she like summons out her her piloting instincts and she flies them through the asteroid field. And then during the dramatic moment, she's like getting really close to a really big asteroid. And instead of flying around it, she just blasts the phasers at full power and like flies through it. And it's it was amazing. Kind of stupid and awesome at the same time. Um, I don't know if the pilot's supposed to do that. That pilot is not supposed to do that. That is not how it's supposed to work. But it, the ship Again, ends up not being you destroyed. Job work, Come on. It was pretty silly, but it was also very awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like the, it, um, it drilled through the asteroid with those phasers. Yeah. There, so so she spins the ship while two phasers shoot, and the phasers like creating like a tunnel of cuttingness. Yeah. Hey, I love this. That sounds awesome. <laughs> It um, is. It's yeah, it's it's I can't wait for you to actually okay. see it. <laughs> um and then so this is all happening concurrently to the pike thing. They're actually not interacting at all because everyone's forgetting no. who they are. They don't even remember they can talk to each other. Yeah, why would yeah. they bother calling Pike? They don't know who that is. Who's Pike? I see uh, him on my phone. Pike? I, I have my phone here and it says Pike and there's a bunch of heart emojis. Yeah. And then a salute emoji. And I don't know what that means. So yeah. I'm just gonna stay away. Seems dangerous. It's it's very dangerous. <laughs> So, uh, the Pike, people, the yeah. people on the planet are yes. like being—they're being gaslit into like, "Nah, you didn't lose your memory. Your just entire existence is slave labor." 
Whereas the people yeah. on the ship don't have that. So they're aware that like, hey, isn't it screwed up that I don't know who I am? Yeah, there's this one shot in the hallway where like everyone's kind of wandering, wandering around confused. And there's this one guy in a corner like rocking back and forth, like scared. So everyone's like kind of handling it differently. But like, OK, cool. I like that. It's it's I like interesting. When, when trauma actually happens on Star Trek, when people like recognize that this is a messed up scenario. Yeah, well, it was interesting because like a lot of times when there's a crisis, there's like a certain like energy to it. But like it was a different kind of crisis in this episode, you know, like huh. everyone has Alzheimer's all of a sudden. And it was scary. Yeah, in this a different is the way. most Alzheimer's version of a crisis. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds weird, but yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. Um, the Alzheimer's crisis sounds like a title of a Star Trek. Nurse Nurse Chapel doesn't get many lines during this because by the time she would be featured, she's already forgotten who she is. And so she like the I don't remember what the actor's name is, but she just has this completely blank, like stare into the camera thing that Mm -hmm. is like it's very well done. But then she doesn't have anything to say with it because she's forgotten. Yeah. Um. So on the surface, Pike is the last person getting into the castle and he's stolen a phaser rifle at this point and he's shooting all the guards and he gets into the throne room and he like shoots the guy like the the king guy like in the leg and he's uh he's just he's just going to town. He doesn't remember that he's supposed to be a potentially peaceful Federation officer at this point. So he's just kind of beating this guy and being like, tell me where the memories are. Where is the memory box Um, going a little bit? uh, What's his name? Who's the guy that played uh, Liam Neeson? He's going a little bit Liam Neeson on this guy. And the guy's like, oh, it's 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 just a myth. There's no actual memory box. Look, all the stuff is over there. And he he points at his box of Federation stuff. And Pike looks at the box and he's like, well, these these are tools. There's no memories in here. And he's like, yeah, there aren't any memories. It's it's just the there's just radiation in the atmosphere. And if you're inside this castle or you're wearing one of our special helmets, then it will protect you from the radiation. And otherwise you lose your memories. But like if you just stay in this Uh castle for 10 minutes or whatever, you'll start to get your memories back. Um, And so he does. Pike. It, like during the during this whole confrontation, Pike starts to get his memories back as to who this guy is. And so he decides not to vaporize the guy with a phaser rifle, which is probably fair. Um, mm. And then so King, King yeah. guy knows all this. King guy knows all and, this. Yeah. And intentionally made them lose their memories. He intentionally. Right? Yeah. He intentionally tried but to. King guy is an act. Yes. He's very he's a bad oh, yeah. person. OK. Um, Although I guess maybe he snapped a little bit because like he thought they intentionally left him behind. And... He still has an entire planet. It sounds like in forced servitude. To... Right. I'm I'm not saying no. he made the right decision, but yeah. yeah. So he um. So as Pike gets his memories back, he realizes that like all he has to do to get Mabenga his memory back is like pull Mabenga inside. So yada, yada, yada. We skip through the part where they fix everything that's been wrong. Um, presumably, he gets his memory back, and then he goes and fixes La'an, and they put her in the castle, and she gets her memories back, and etc. The guy, Luke, who they met, the field Kalar that they met, Luke, he gets his memories back. It turns out his like his wife and son had died in some tragedy. Yeah, that was pretty emotional. Almost didn't want to remember them. Uh then was very thankful to remember them. Yeah, he was he was thankful that he did remember them. 
And however it is, they get back up to the ship without losing their memories again. I guess they use the helmets. And then when they're on the ship... Oh. Yes? Uh, okay, so the ship went away because Ortigas flew the ship outside of the asteroid field, and then everyone started to get their memories back. And then one of the crew members, I can't remember who, came up with an algorithm to oh, yeah. shield the ship yeah, Spock from did the a shield. radiation. That's what it was. So Spock actually did do something by the end, other than encourage everyone but else. But he did it off screen. Yeah, is, is part of the thing. Off, kind of off screen, he just sort of yeah. There's a line about oh yeah, Spock modulated the shields to protect us, so we don't have to talk about it anymore. Um, <laughs> and then they use the the track shuttles with tractor beams, and also the main tractor beam on the ship to like the the asteroid chunk that's causing the radiation to be on the surface, the forgetfulness radiation. They like pick it up mm. and take it away from the planet, so that not every like people are not going to all have to be forgetful all the time. Cool. I think, and yeah, that's the end of the episode. I think there, I, I can't remember the exact details, but at one point they explained the castle was made out of material that shielded yeah, the radiation. The castle right? has some sort of shielding ore, and then the the like where the royal guard helmets are made out of the same shielding ore, so that they can keep their memories outside the castle. And I think that was that material was made from one of the asteroids in orbit. I don't know. Did they launch another asteroid at the planet? No, I, so that they I would think, have more of the ore. I think or they just, just got the rid of the planet, problem. I think they got rid of the bad asteroid. There's bad asteroids, yeah. and then the planet has good magic ore inside of it. And they just the helmets just happen to helmets be just... like just the the good ore. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, there was another really important thing uh, in this episode that I thought was really interesting was that their emotions kind of guided them, at least with, like, Pike and Laon and uh, Mabanga. Like, uh, like there's the instinct thing, but also, like, um, more than just uh, their memories, you know? Like, without their memories, they, they still had their, um, what do you call it? Their emotions. <laughs> yeah. To kind of guide them. And I thought that was... person was more than just their memories? Yes. Yeah. I, I guess Which... that's that's the question that I have here as kind of my my last bit is like what mm -hmm. what was the message of this? See, because like is the message you're more than your memories because you're kind of like in a lot of ways not more than your memories. All right, Troy. Well, so there's Eric. This you, is something that scientists have been kind of looking into recently. Um, there's kind of like three different things that make up who you are, and consciousness. That's a whole nother topic that hasn't been solved. Whether that's actually a thing or not, you know, who knows? But um, I've heard that there's, um, you know, like your nervous system is kind of a separate entity from your actual brain. And uh, your gut biome can also influence your, you know, your decisions and thinking and all that. So it's kind of a mix of those three. So even if you don't have yeah. your um, cognitive, you know, you know what I mean? I mean, you still need that, of course, to an extent to function. But like if you if you have some kind of memory loss, you can still, you know, there's still a part of you that's you beyond that, if that makes sense. I guess here, here's what my question actually is. is I'm kind of going out of my way I, to explain it, but <laughs> no, no, no. That, did. Like, I, I like that as like the because instinct is a thing, you know. Like, sure, but what did our characters learn through that message? Like, how, how did that message connect to any character growth? Because, like, you know, <laughs> Since I, they I, forgot I, everything. 
the fact that you said this started out with with Pike and his maybe girlfriend talking about maybe they should break up from their maybe relationship. Oh, oh, oh we did skip that part. Do they circle back to that? They, yeah, so they oh, okay. they take the bad asteroid off of the planet, which saves the people on the planet, and also um, Pike flies off to meet up with Battelle and apologize very very carefully to her, and she's like, "Well, okay, maybe." Um, so they're they're back together kind of but he could mess it up again well yep and, well, what, and, uh, did, what did he learn in this yeah so there was um it was kind of subtle but like he oh, had amulet. a symbol yeah he had an amulet from her right yeah and so that... when when they met the first time at the start of the episode she gave him like a sailor's charm or something like that which he immediately put on, and so he had it with him on the away mission. And when he couldn't remember anything else, he looked at the amulet, and he's like, "This was given to me by someone who's important to me." Because like the way okay. this the way this memory loss works is that like you could like you'd keep most of your emotions, even if you lost hmm. like names and details. He uh, he could okay. still emotionally have an attachment to the amulet. So by losing yeah, his memory, he realized that it was overthinking the relationship as what was causing the problems with it. Yeah, something like that. Okay. All right. Yeah, All right. I think that's exactly right. what it was. Cards on the table, Troy. Oh, yeah. This is what I would call the worst episode of the season so far. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is. Yeah, it's it's a it's a meh episode, but it's good. It's, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it, it could be worse. It could definitely be much worse. Star Trek has often been much worse than this. I want. I do want to. I want to say that. But um, this isn't what I would say is up to the standard that I would expect from Strange New Worlds as a show. Um, when I okay. watch Trek, I I use a very simple zero to one scale. Um, you no um, okay. This is like Eric saying real quick. You know that Stalin was right or whatever shit he said. Or no, 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 no. <laughs> a very simple zero to one scale Look, because that's the thing. Every, I've seen your. Ex- it's nothing. And no, it's either it's it's an upvote <laughs> or a downvote. It's very like you. I well, we're not worrying about exactly where. Like, is it a point seven or a point eight or or a seven out of ten or a four or five star? Or whatever. No binary. It's it's but just up or down vote. You do decimals, don't you? No, it's it's an up or down vote. And I would give this episode a zero. I'm sorry. All three. The first three episodes are all wow. ones. This episode. I'm sorry. I got to give this one a, a, a zero down vote. Oh, uh, so the know, decimal comes from your group averaging out their zeros and ones. Well, now other people in the group they vote decimal things. I only vote specifically zero or one. Okay, your thumbs <laughs> okay. up, thumbs down. I other people okay. are cheating the system. They called it too binary for them. They're all gender nonconformists, <laughs> them woke liberals, and so forth, so forth. They probably watch Star Trek. Yeah, they probably watch Lo- Star Trek. Loka was a binar in a previous lifetime. Apparently, it's true. <laughs> it's true. So, you know, interestingly, the binars are one of the very few gender non-binary species we've come across. It's, that's also true. So think about that. That's real. Oh, yeah, that's. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it is true. <laughs> I think it's potentially weird that every time we have a cybernetic race show up, they're uh, supposed to be part of the gender non-binary uh, continua. I'm not sure if that's the best Robots representation. Robots do love gender, sure. Because <laughs> I played Chrono Trigger, one of the robots had a pink bow on her head. That's how you know she's a girl robot. Oh, <laughs> that was a good game. Um, 
It was a game. It was a pretty good game. It was a game, game that's well-loved and well-remembered. There, there are better games, but it's a pretty good game. Um, I tried playing through it again, and going, it did not. Going, going, tr- trying to keep it to Star Trek. I think they need to remake that one. Oh, no, sorry. Try, there, try... Somebody is certainly working on a remake. I, like, I refuse what? to believe that EA doesn't have a studio, or not EA, Square Enix doesn't have a studio working on I that don't... right now. If Mario RPG trying, is getting a remake, trying, trying to give it to Star uh, Trek. Sorry, no, sorry, no, back, back on track. It's fine. It's fine. What's your favorite forgotten 16-bit RPG that deserves a remake? Star Trek: Strange New World, season <laughs> episode four. It's what 16... if they did a remake of the Star Trek game for the Genesis? We must not I would forget. I uh, played the Star Trek 25th anniversary like adventure game, like point click adventure, adventure game? game. I played that when I was a child. I got through the first mission. Ooh, I always got stuck on the second mission. I don't think I ever got through it. I think it's the third mission is a Harry Mudd adventure. And I oh. like sequence broke the game and Harry Mudd was both laying on a table incapacitated in one room and also standing up having a conversation in another room. And I couldn't figure out how to fix that. And no. didn't have one of them was a robot. Level. Yeah, what if one of them was a robot, Troy? Did you think about that? That uh... would be... <laughs> one of them was very masculine, and he was wearing that male symbol necklace from Austin Powers. So it would make sense if that had been a robot. Okay. Very <laughs> gender. Okay. Um, yeah, I think they tried. I just, I just don't think that the episode really lands because the because of the exact thing you asked about, Troy. Like, what did our characters learn about themselves, or even like not necessarily that they have to learn something about themselves, but like, what can the audience take away from it? And I don't know that there is too much to take away from this one other than like a vaguely like showing off who the core of these people are or something. But I feel like you can do that in a normal episode and then also have something for the audience to take away from it, you know? So I just I don't think that this episode really holds up as well. Yeah, I think the main issue with the episode was maybe be pacing because it felt like a lot of this could have been shorter or maybe more could have been going on i don't know (laughs) i would like to (laughs) put a special note i didn't hate it we didn't mention it yet Mm -hmm. troy but every time that the that a person suffered memory loss there was a really nasty high-pitched ringing sound like a tinnitus ringing sound um we could have done without that just never put that in your media just never put the volume down yeah I think that that it's good to have some sort of an audio cue for that sort of thing, but yeah, it sounds like that was perhaps an unpleasant one. It was really unpleasant. I know some people with some like auditory sensory issues. Oh yeah, if you have bad speakers, I can imagine it being terrible. I know some people with like oh, I have good speakers. That was the problem. Oh, that would also yeah. (laughs) It was real loud. (laughs) Yeah, we don't ever need to hear that like they just that just got blasted by a grenade sound that. Is in all the video games and stuff. It's never necessary. Yeah, there's like subtle ways to do it, like like a lower hum, you know. But like this was, yeah, the real high pitched version of that, and it was it wasn't great. Yeah, like an electronic a device sort of humming to life. That would have been an appropriate audio cue for like memory loss or something. But or you just do the TOS thing and have like a harp like sequence of notes or something like. Like have it be music based. It's not like it's it's not a diagetic sound. 
It's not like the characters are going, what's that strange sound I hear that's making me lose my memory? Like, it's yeah. a cue for the audience. It doesn't or need like, to be... What's it? There's that little chime that they use in um, Back to the Future every time they notice that time has been changed. It's sure. Like a little, right. a little... Yeah. That's smart. Oh, let's watch Back to the Future. Maybe. Heck yeah, we gotta do that on Podcasters Assemble at some point. Troy, you're the hardest to schedule out of anyone I know. Yes. I'm sitting in the backseat of a truck. Mm-hmm. It's like 98 degrees out. I'm sweating my oh. balls off. I'm here for you, and you're gonna give me shit for it now? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I love you, Troy, but then you can't say we're also gonna watch Back to the Future when you know you don't have time for that. All three of them and the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Sure. One day. Sure, buddy. <laughs> That's optimistic. And if you're real good, we'll get you ice cream at the store. <laughs> I'm literally going to go into the store after this, and I might just get myself a little ice cream treat. Okay. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, uh, Troy. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to give a special thanks to uh, Lokathor for putting these episodes together. Oh, and, uh, yes. It's been a delight. Yeah, get some content on the channel during. I'm so excited to listen to them after I finally watch these episodes. You know, I, I I might re-edit the previous episode, Eric, and see if I can get it to come out better. Oh, okay. I'll see about that. You can just re-upload it. It won't break anything. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, sign-offs. Do we have any sign-offs? Plug your pluggables? Anything like that? I just put out a new episode of Turtle Power Presents the Power Playthroughs podcast with Turtle Power, in which I played a game called Undergrave. That's a pretty cool tactical roguelite dungeon delving game. That's neat, and I like it. Okay. Excellent. You can hear that on Turtle Power Presents the Power Playthroughs podcast with Turtle Power. Mm -hmm. That's a normal podcast name that people are going to (laughs) remember. Thank you. And, um, yeah, you you can uh, find me over on, uh, let's see, a few different podcasts, but right now we're wrapping up um, our Indiana Jones season with Podcasters Assemble. That's been a lot of fun. Um, And we're about to start our uh, Super Switch Club speed run uh, for season six, where each episode is going to be a different game. Um, Got some fun stuff on there. And also, uh, I just put out a new Epic Fails History, Um, you know, it's still going. <laughs> we're we're about halfway through our bracket of fails, so <laughs> it's uh we're hoping to finally wrap that up this year. So good, excellent. Um, Eric, they just put out a second Blue Beetle trailer, and I have to tell you because I feel like the only person who will be excited for that. Okay. I, I am kind of excited for that. Meg's excited too. It looks good. I mean, we'll see, but you know, you know, I have hope. Um, I'm Locathor. If you go to Anchor.fm slash Locathor. I do a video game playthrough podcast like Troy does. Um, I think I have a YouTube channel lo- at Locathor 2. Lo- Locathor and then the numeral 2. Because the first one got banned for whatever reasons. Oh, no. I don't know. I don't know. It's <laughs> just the, the AI decides to ban your channel for spam one day. And then you're like, I didn't do it. And they're like, well, we don't care. Our AI said so. <laughs> yeah. There's not usually like a good process. Yeah. Like so you, appeal process. You just make another channel. You keep putting up videos. There's not much else you can do. Yeah. Um. That's it. Yep. Uh, where are we beaming to? Uh. Oh gosh. Where we are we beaming to? Uh. After we're definitely not beaming. Yeah, Let's we're see. definitely beaming off of Rigel Seven. 
because we all have terrible memories. Let's see. Okay, and next week as it is, Strange New Worlds episode season two episode five charades. A shuttle accident leads to Spock's Vulcan oh, no. DNA being removed by aliens, making him fully human and completely unprepared what? to face to Pring's family during an important ceremonial dinner. Oh, jeez. That, wow uh, I hope that that's, sounds really interesting it could be wacky he has regular serious. human ears I hope they go for full I hope they go for full wacky I can't imagine he'd have to have normal human ears right because his yeah, DNA got weird. stolen by aliens yeah and it's another shuttle accident because of course of this course. is very TOS I kind of love it yeah <laughs> uh, so I guess we're uh, beaming over to Vulcan then right beaming to Vulcan or I don't maybe they all come to the Enterprise or something I, don't know. I can't remember um all right three to beam up does anyone remember how to use the transporter uh you you do with the thingies the little the little trio thingies yeah slide up the the thing yeah you slide them up and then you slide them back down just out of instinct all right all right i'm gonna hit stop